What's up, Spookies? Hi, Spookies. Um, hello, this is me, Scott, and I'm here with Crystal, and this is Spooky Bitch Gang, the horror podcast. Do we? I feel like we need a tagline. We do need a fucking tagline, hey? But I can't be bothered to think of one. Oh. Maybe the listeners right can think of one. Yeah, if you have a good tagline, you should uh, send it in. Send or it through. if you have a funny one that's, like, mean. Mean? Mean, like mean about us, you know, like a joke. Oh, like a, like a, a read? Or yeah, yeah. If you have a neg for us, please <laughs> send it through because that would be interesting. People neg me all the time, actually. Do you think it, that negging works on you? Like other pickup no, artists, right? I okay, think I'm, I'm immune to negging. You, me too, because um, I just get really irritated. Yeah, I'm too sensitive. Yeah. I'm Even if someone's pausing me. I'll find a, a oh, neg in it. And I'll you, like, I've noticed that. Did you mean it like this? And then I get mad. So, no, I don't think negging works for me in a romantic sense, but I think in a podcasting sense it does work. Because you don't listen to someone's fucking hour-long podcast if you actually hate them. Yeah, it's like we're all in on this joke. Yeah. Wow. Um, anyway. That was a real emotional breakthrough for us. But anyway, yes, this is <laughs> Spooky Bitch Gang. Uh, we're talking today about a film. We're not doing one of our little themes. And hopefully you guys like that between our themes we do these, like, little one-offs about yeah, one movie. Yeah, the deep dives. Um, because we enjoy doing them. It's like a nice little break from having to do all that fucking research. And I like to get into the nitty-gritty of a movie because otherwise we can only kind of skim the surface. Yeah. And you know I like to kind of – I like to duck dive. I want to yeah. get down in there into the fucking swell or whatever. I don't know. I've never – I've only gone surfing once. <laughs> it makes you too leathery, I think. I thought you were talking about, like, um, like diving for oysters. Oh. Is that what, how you get oysters? Yeah, you die. Well, I've never had pearls. one. Oh. Um, do you know what a gooey duck is? Obviously not. Um, <laughs> what is that? It's a kind of shellfish, but it's like it's long and looks like a penis. Oh. Um. So that's apparently kind of they're like, a delicacy. That's weird. Recently, I had um a dried banana for the first time, <laughs> and my friends um, freeze dried. Just regular dried. Okay. Um. It honestly tastes exactly like banana cake. Okay. So the bananas are doing the heavy lifting in that recipe, but they just look like. Like my friends said that they look like elephant, like dried up elephant penises, and they totally do. Was it? Um, They're the ugliest but most delicious food. If you can get some dried bananas, I highly recommend it. Did you find it was an aphrodisiac? Um, it's hard to tell with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if any listeners are into banana penises, um, let me know. <laughs> so what do we got? We got tagline. We got maybe just if you want to give us a read and banana penises. Yeah, no, um, don't read me. No, I'm oh. sensitive for that. Oh no, read the podcast. I don't give a fuck about that. Oh. Not me personally, oh, okay. especially not my looks. <laughs> this is a this is an audio medium. No one knows what you. Look oh, like. okay, great. I'm really hot. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I think we're both feeling a bit weird and sick today. But actually, maybe that's kind of on theme. I think it might be. I think it works. Maybe that's why we feel sick because of the movie that we're discussing today. I felt sick after leaving the cinema. Well, we'll get into that, but, but first... Yeah. we got some other stuff to talk about. Yeah, other horror stuff. Um, um, what well, do you want to talk about? Where do you want to begin? Well, I just wanted to mention uh, last time we were here to, all together in the Spooky Dome, I talked about a short that I absolutely loved called The Bones um, from Chile. Mm. And I saw the feature that the two directors of that movie made oh, before The, the Bones. One. Uh, sorry, what did you say? The Wolf One? Yeah, The Wolf House is what it's called. 
Um, it's also stop motion. Um, it's also got these themes about uh, fascism, Nazism, um, the presence of Germans in Chile, which is I've never seen that addressed in movies before. You know, it's always kind of a joke that all the Nazis yeah. fled to South America. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, the stop motion in this, it's like, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it where the whole room is the stop motion canvas. Like the some of the characters are like painted on the walls and then they're just painted over and over again Whoa. to like move around the room. It's nuts. Or they'll paint windows on that move to give the impression that you're walking through the house. Oh, that's so sick. It's really sick. It's on, I don't know if like, I'm supposed to tell you this, but it is on YouTube. Um, I don't know how, for how long, because I don't think it's meant to be there, but get on Ooh, it. Oh, okay. Um, love yeah, that. I loved that movie. Do you have anything else you want to talk about aside from the movie that we know we both watched? Well, I I watched a movie recently that I was really impressed with. Yeah. Um, it's a found footage horror movie that was filmed on like a micro budget during COVID. Okay. Called Horror in the High Desert in oh. 2021. And I kept hearing good things about it and I was like, whatever, it's on some streaming service. I'll just like check it out. Not expecting much. It is fantastic. Like it really holds its own in the genre. Um, it's all it's based around this guy who's gone missing. It, it's kind of like a true crime documentary, where we have we have all these talking heads and stuff, and they're investigating this guy who would go out into the desert. He was really good, at, like a survivalist, and he would go out and explore places, and he would make vlogs. And one day he just didn't come back after he'd been like recording some pretty creepy vlog. And apparently, it's loosely based on a real life. I was incident. about to say, is it a true story? Yeah. Um. And so then the documentary is kind of like it starts off it, it the pacing is I think it's good. It starts off really slow and we How kind long of is it? Oh, I don't know, just regular amount. If you liked it, it can't be that long. <laughs> it can't be that long. Um but we start off kind of in the realm of interviewing family members and other loved ones and getting little snippets of, you know, of this guy and you kind of you, you feel the real grief of this loss. It feels like a real true crime documentary. And then over time we start to get like the creepiness tied in and then it by the end it's like so scary that I had trouble watching it. Like I was Ow. jumping out of my seat. I was hiding behind my hands, like genuinely terrified, but also throughout the whole thing it felt hyper realistic. Like I was the whole time thinking like this is not real right like it's it's like I had to keep checking because I wasn't 100% sure because it feels so real which I think is hard to do even when a movie has a budget and is not filming during a pandemic maybe the low budget enhances that effect I don't know because they're not it's not it's found footage that's being passed off as like a Netflix documentary about like right. some disappearance because that's um, a big thing right now. Every time you go on Netflix, it's and a true they crime. strike that tone so perfectly. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like Blair Witch Project and Lake Mungo. Like I was about to say, Lake Mungo, really good examples of um, of found footage. But um, I just feel like it was so great. Uh, everyone should go watch it. Horror in the High Desert, and. Um, I'm adding yeah, it to I my just, list this very second. I couldn't believe it. I was really shocked. I, you know, normally you watch, especially like independent cinema, mm -hmm. it's such a gamble and like the best you can hope for is that you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But this was like, <laughs> no, I was blown away. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I found it. Oh, it's on Tubi. That must have been where I watched it. Fuck yeah, love yeah. Tubi. I also watched the other movie that people have been talking a lot about, Who Invited Them? Um, it's like brand new. Oh, that's so interesting the way you said that title because I was saying it. Who invited them? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say it so many ways. Like, who invited them? Oh, <laughs> I feel like we're in an acting class. And you know what? I just last weekend went and crashed a bunch of parties. And then this who was- Who invited them? Who invited me? <laughs> and I watched it right before I went out. And it's like a party crashing horror movie. So it was wow. kind of strange to tie it in that way. <laughs> it's You know what I would say about this movie? I don't know how much to say about it. It's going to be real quick. It's fine. It's what you want it to be. When If you're craving like some dumb, fun horror movie to watch with your friends and eat pizza and you're never going to think about it again, that's a good one to watch. That's it. You know what I've noticed? We never damn something by faint praise on this show. We're always like, it's good for this situation. Yeah, yeah. It's either we fucking hate it and you should never watch it or like it's it's fine. Yeah, because I I definitely get in moods often where I'm like, I'm craving this kind of movie. Something so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I just want something that's like, it's going to have a few twists. It's going to be a little bit sexy. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, yeah. it's going to pull me in, but then it's going to release me and that's it. And then we're over. You never think about it again. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I felt about this one. <laughs> that's beautiful. I really, I want to watch it. I'm really craving those kind of movies lately. It's fun. I, I did watch it alone, but I feel like it would be better with like you any kind of You can do the hypothetical in your yeah, head. Yeah, I was, like, you know, imagining oh, if yeah. I was with some friend. Imagine if I had some popcorn. Yeah, imagine if I had any people in my life. Anyway, oh. It's fine. That's okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So there is a movie that we both watched. I, I think we both really, really liked. Yeah. Um. It's premiered in Australia earlier this year. I think it came out outside of Australia last year. Um. But it is going to be eligible for our 2022 end of year lists. Fuck yeah. Because we live down here. It's called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Um. You might have seen it. Um. I, I, maybe I should just do a little plot synopsis as best I can of yeah. this movie. So this movie starts out with a girl called Casey who um, – She's doing something called the World's Fair Challenge. And for anyone who's spent any amount of time on the internet, you know what kind of thing this is. It's like, did you ever get into, like, the the Three Kings thing on the internet? What the hell is that? So it was this thing, this challenge where people would um, – they had to get up at a certain time of night. They had to light a candle. They had to make sure all the doors in their house were closed. They had to keep the candle lit as they went to a different room and sit down between two mirrors. So they'd have a mirror on either side of them. And as they sat there at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever it is – their reflection would start talking to them. They had a bad one on one side and a good one on the other side and they would say things and they would try and get you to look in the mirror, but don't have a look in the fucking mirror. Oh, Oh, I think I've read a script about that game, yeah. Yeah, but, like, that's the kind of stuff that the internet comes up with and it's kind of this, like... This movie goes into how it's kind of like a like a group creative project. Yes. Um, Which might be a slight spoiler for this movie because... So Casey does this... um, this World's Fair challenge, you watch a video, you you smear some of your blood on the screen, and then these changes are supposed to come over you in your life. And we watch Casey's vlogs and we see Casey's life outside of the internet. And it seems like there are those changes happening mm. to Casey. But then we're led to question, is this the game or is this just Casey's life? She, this actress, is so incredible. I was wondering why in the credits they made a point of saying, in her feature film debut, and this person, <laughs> I can't remember her name, but I can see why now. It's like, I can't believe this is the first time this person's acted in a feature movie. Yeah, she was nuts. I think her name, isn't her name also Casey? Maybe oh, I made that it? up. I can't remember. We should find out because she was so I'll do great. It now. Okay, thanks. And it's directed by um, Jane Schoenbrunn, who's a non binary filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I think in interviews has said that this is this film is in some ways like a trans story or like a coming of age like queer story, um, which I think is so you can so easily read that experience into it while you're watching the film. But it's so gentle about it. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, it just feels very relatable. Like it reminded me so much of being that age and yeah. like how awkward and embarrassing and secretive and shameful and like. It's just that whole time is so weird and then your interaction with, like, the internet is weird and your interaction with adults. Like, it's just there's something – it really captures something that feels very real that I feel like would be in, like, like a Greta Gerwig movie or something and people would, like, freak out about it. Except it's creepy. It's scary. Greta Gerwig could never do Solitude this – um, I like in such an unaffected way. Yes. This is what it is like to be that age, not have a lot of friends, but have this outlet in the internet yeah. and people you don't know and yeah. people whose lives you can see in this weird voyeuristic way mm. and wanting to be like them and all this curiosity yeah. you have and no outlet for it. It's It feels really genuine. Like there's no artifice. There's no like little kind Anna of Cobb snazzy. Anna Cobb is the name, by the way. Oh, Anna Cobb. Okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it just feels real. And I think that's so much to do with her performance, but also with the script and with the directing. Oh, I can't believe I, I watched it a while ago and then I like flipped out about how good it was and I completely forgot to bring it up. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we could talk about it together. Um, cause I just think it's so good. And plus, you know, we've talked before about how there needs to be way more queer horror and this is like such a, yeah, such a great version of that like yeah and it is it kind of harkens back for me to those older horror movies where the queer things were kind of yeah just below the surface it's like it's not in your face about it not that i would complain about it being in your face about it necessarily but this one it just kind of lets the character be yes Um, and it is there are some moments of um real ambiguity in it especially there is this this um sort of Mm. peripheral character who comes into casey's life and the exact nature of their relationship is i think left pretty ambiguous but there is a lot you can read into it and it all just just feels like it even though that you you can't quite place what's happening but you can just feel it yeah and even where it leaves you at the end is like very kind of um, impactful because it's so, like it's so, everything's so light touch. Yeah, um, it's like really restrained in this way that it just lets you it connect with like the experience that this character's having. Yeah, more than anything else, like connect with them as on like a human level, and it makes it feel really relatable. To me, it reminded me of I don't know if you had this experience, but probably like mid-2000s, you're on fucking MSN Messenger. Mm. You somehow connect with someone. You've never met them in real life. You chat a bit. You learn a little bit a bit about their life. And then one day you just stop talking to them. Yeah. And sometimes you wonder what happened to them. Yeah. You might imagine it, but That time end, was weird. Know. That time when, especially our age, like when we were. It's the fucking Wild West. It was crazy. You're like talking with adults. People are like in weird chat rooms, like yeah. having cyber sex. Like <laughs> the whole thing was so odd yeah um and this brought back some of those like weird feelings under my skin from those days yeah so like kind of in a weirdly nostalgic way even though i was genuinely scared by this movie i was scared and also i was kind of um i kind of coveted uh casey's like ability to just be herself like she was so 
I don't know. I just felt like, oh, I wish I had been like that at that age. And also this young actress. Yeah. Like, I just, man, I was such a scared little worm as, Me too. as a teenager. I was fucking terrified and shy and, like, totally in a shell. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We've both loved this movie, so obviously go fucking watch it. Yeah, that's all we need to say. And we try not to give you too many spoilers. It's not hard to give spoilers for this movie anyway because... Yeah, because it's like it's not that plot-driven. No. Um, but in a really good way. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it does, yeah, it just does feel like one of those movies where the filmmaker has a real understanding of the world that they're portraying. Yeah, totally. I think Static Vision did, like, they screened it here. It was at Fantastic Film Festival. Okay. Well, anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Go watch it wherever. Where the fuck it's on Shutter it? now. Oh, Shutter. Okay, yeah, go watch it on Shutter if you're in Australia or wherever the fuck. It's probably an American show. I don't know. Get a VPN. <laughs> um, well, I was going to ask a question, a horror-related question. It was going to be about when something comes out. What's – oh, Pearl. Everyone's talking about fucking Pearl. When do we get to watch Pearl? Do you know? Oh, that's the, the X sequel, yeah? Yeah, so the they premiered the, the sequel – uh, or I think it's a prequel, Pearl, which Martin Scorsese is, like, going nuts about how much he loved it. And then at the time that they premiered it, they were like, P.S., there's a fucking third one. And yeah, the third the one is already, yeah. They made, great. like, three movies at once. Firstly, I love that. It's like Beyonce energy. No, it's like, um, did you know James Cameron has started working on Avatar 4? But Avatar yeah. 2 and 3 aren't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's not cool when he does it. I just, I like, I like someone being dramatic in the way that Ty West is being. Um, I feel like he he's kind of giving us he's giving us something, you know, that other people aren't doing. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Like be theatrical about it. Give yeah, true. Exciting. Yeah, he is like he he just loves he just loves horror movies so much. And um <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I don't really care if I if I think the movie is good in the end or not. I'm still just happy about this whole idea of releasing them this way. But when the fuck do we get to watch Pearl in Australia? I'm madly Googling. Gosh. Um it is so unfair. Honestly, things take so long to yeah. come out here. And then by the time it comes out, we've seen a hundred memes. That yeah. happened to me with um, what's that? The M Night Sh- was it M Night Shyamalan? What was that movie? That weird movie? What? Was it him? What was the weird movie that we watched with the? I don't want to give spoilers. I'm do. I'm just gesturing with. There was a villain. There was like a oh fucking malignant. Yes, malignant. Um. I watched, I saw like 8,000 memes yeah. about that before we were allowed to watch it here. So I was like, okay, I kind of understand what's happening. And that's so rude. Bitch, even when we did get the chance to watch it legally, we had to pay like $35 to rent yeah. it on iTunes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I hate this place. Anyway. Should um, we do our main movie? Let's do our main movie. I'm main excited picture. to talk about it. Okay, yeah. cool. After let's- the music. Yeah, music time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> Welcome back. Scott, yeah. um, our listeners may not know this, but you have a lot of tattoos. I do. If you were going to get an internal organ tattooed, what would oh. you what would you choose to get? As in 
which organ would I choose? No, and what would the tattoo be? Oh. Or you can okay. choose the organ if you want. Um, I'd go with one of those organs that doesn't do anything. Um, so maybe, does the spleen do anything? That does. That's one of the useful ones. Um, <laughs> appendix, that's pretty useless. Yeah, um, that's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. So I'd get that one tattooed. Um, sorry, Crystal's sorry. cat is oh. biting her foot. Ow. Stop. Let go. <laughs> Let go. <laughs> I'm back. Maybe I would get your face on my gallbladder. Oh. I was looking up today what a gallbladder is. Um, mm-hmm. It's like that's where bile is stored. Oh. And then bile is like for digesting things. So when you get your gallbladder removed, the fuck do you do? Yeah. You, I guess you have to chew really small. Mm. Um, uh, so what would you get tattooed? Oh. Huh. I think maybe I would get like uh like almost like a hash sign so that people can play noughts and crosses like if if the magic school bus shrinks down and goes inside. Oh, that's a good idea. They could, you know, be entertained, but only once. Oh. What are the, what are utensil are they using to draw the knots and the crosses on your organ? Scalpel. <laughs> um, we're talking about crimes of the future today. Uh yes, the reason we're asking is because that is one of the plot points of this movie. Mm. Uh, it's the new movie from David Cronenberg starring his bestie. Um, <laughs> his name Viggo Mortensen. Uh, Leah Sedu. Who else is in this movie? Uh, Case oh, Stew. Because it's a real it's, a it's a real lesbians movie. Is it? Well, you got the two of them. Oh, yeah. Two icons. Yeah. And uh, is anyone else in this that we know? Probably not. Can, isn't there a man? who's He's got to be. Oh, no, he's not that famous. Oh. I can't remember his name. I don't know. You know, like he works with Kristen Stewart. Oh, true. Yes, that man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know what? Everyone was so deep into their fucking characters that it was hard for me to even place <laughs> who the actors were. So maybe up front we should say Crystal really liked this movie and I really didn't like this we movie. We walked out of the cinema and <laughs> I was I felt like I'd been hit over the head, like I was in a daze from the final shot of this film and from the rest of it. And so I had, a, I was taking a moment to myself to kind of process. <laughs> ruined that for you. And Scott just goes, that was shit. <laughs> and then he just started complaining about how shit it was to the point that strangers came up and were like, what movie was shit? What are you talking about? I, I could, should point out here, I was not the only one talking about how shit it was. No. We did go with a third individual. Yeah. And she, she also him. thought it was shit. Yeah. Um, so it's, <laughs> I think you could say it's divisive. Probably. Well, even I w- I'm not surprised because, first of all, it's you and me. Yeah. And second of all, <laughs> I've seen the reviews. The reviews are also polarized. Yes, so. totally. Like, and yeah, it seems to hit people. You either like really identify with it or you really fucking hate every moment of it. I am really interested to hear why you identified with this movie and why you enjoyed it so much. I don't even know where to begin. I feel like, well, firstly, we're obviously going to do spoilies. So, you know, you can stay around for a little bit and then we'll probably get more into it and then we'll send you away. But also I think even if you know the plot of this movie, it doesn't matter. It's not a big big deal. Um, Some people hate to know anything. But uh, in that case, why'd you fucking click, you know, <laughs> go, go watch it first and go watch it because the most, the, the primary thing for me that I was so excited about even before watching is that we get to watch our fucking David Cronenberg original work in the style of like his earlier kind of body horror stuff in the cinema today, a new written and directed by David Cronenberg body horror film coming out in cinemas in 2022 like i 
I should have missed this opportunity. I should be only watching him at like retrospective screenings to get that. It feels like I went back in time to a magical era where I get to like have this experience for the first time with everyone in a cinema and I'm so grateful for that. Like it feels like it's my lucky fucking day. Did you feel that way when we saw Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor at the cinema? No, because that's not because he's a young emerging. At the time you were like, this is the next best thing to David, right? Oh, I thought that movie was great. But that's different from saying like, oh, it's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know rock music. I'm gonna sound like a fucking idiot. Oh my god, I'm so excited for (laughs) it. If someone said like, um, a fucking what's a band? I'm trying to think of Lenny bands. Kravitz and Jimi Hendrix. It's like if someone said, like, yeah, you get to go watch Jimi Hendrix play a new album tomorrow at the fucking Lansdowne, and you're <laughs> like, this is insane. I should have, I should have missed. Th- like, I, I'm not in that timeline. Like, how, <laughs> how do I get to do? Like, it just feels you feel so great. I felt really grateful. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, Brandon Cronenberg, I think he's great, but it's a different situation. It's not seeing an old master come out and have a new fucking thing to show you. But in that in that classic style, like this is the first time we've gotten like an original work from him in this genre in so long. And we all got to go like fucking participate and watch it and receive it. And not only that, I feel like it's better than a lot of those earlier works because it feels like a movie from someone who's really kind of developed their craft and their vision and um, what they have to say in a way that it's just, it feels to me more more like a, more sophisticated than his earlier work. Uh-huh. So you think he's kind of, what he did with that early body horror Videodrome and then also the more sort of delicate drama that he managed to do yeah. with things like a history of violence yeah. or Eastern Promises, he's kind of combined those two. Yeah, it feels like, I, I think I think what I think is like his early body horror work is so provocative. Yeah. And it had a lot to say, but it was kind of brash. You know, it was kind of like, it was like piss and vinegar style, just like throwing shit out there, pissing people off. <laughs> now That's why I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love it too. But this feels like he's still, it's thematically the same, but he's developed those thoughts more. Mm-hmm. He's like over a lifetime of just not even filmmaking, but just being a person, he's kind of he's kind of honed these ideas to the point where they just, to me, felt more kind of like whole or thought through or just kind of, I was just so impressed. I feel like the the edges are not are not as rough as some of those earlier works. Right. And it's really saying something very clear. But at the same time it is provocative, but it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel at all gratuitous. What do you think this movie had to say? Because in in my mind, this movie was an idea and sort of like a you know, you just have an idea of like, wouldn't it be weird if humanity got to a point where in this movie Humanity has evolved to a point where they don't feel pain anymore and they kind of – they don't feel pleasure from the things that humans normally feel pleasure from. They kind of – they've evolved beyond sort of the – I don't know, like the the base parts of being human Mm. to the point where people will cut each other, perform surgery on each other for for that kind of carnal pleasure. Um, So it feels to me – um, you know, like it's it's possible that I miss something with this movie. You know, everyone has a different experience with movies. Maybe I wasn't in the right mood that day. Um, it seems to me like that was the idea and it kind of didn't go anywhere particularly compelling to me. To me, it said a lot about art. Like I think it's okay. a big movie that's grappling with a lot of big themes and I feel like it kind of it continues a conversation that he's been developing through his work for a long time. 
So it's not like a standalone, necessarily like a standalone thing. But the thing that I think I connected with the most was this idea of civilization and art and where where do art and artifice meet and where where do we kind of um, – like it really tapped into the idea of like the taboo to me and how does – how does society and art, how do those two ideas kind of hold each other up but then at the same time threaten each other? That's a really interesting take because I hadn't thought about that and, like, that's kind of what David Cronenberg was already doing. So it's kind of like mm. the numbness that the characters feel in this movie is kind of where his he's gotten to with his yes, art. Yes, yes, totally. I felt like his whole career trajectory is almost kind of reflected in this movie, like the place that he's gotten to kind of feels like it's reflected in like so Viggo Mortensen his character in the movie is an artist part of this like duo um where he spontaneously grows these like weird organs that no one's ever seen before I didn't understand so they're like no one quite knows what the what the function is of these organs is that yeah, because I think they were all like brand new organs that weren't connected to any kind of God, like that's like system. imagining a new color. Yes, pretty cool, huh? <laughs> and then um his partner Leah Sadu would like tattoo them and then she would perform surgery and like take them out in front of people and they were like performance artists. And it's a world in which performance artists are really like respected and admired and it's it's kind of crazy, huh? But they're yeah. also like underground, <laughs> you're not really supposed to be doing it and like it's they're kind of at the cutting edge. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> So yes. anyway, um, but Vigo is kind of like this really jaded figure. Like he's he seems to be having some kind of self-doubt about his artistry, about other people's art. Like he he kind of he acts like he doesn't really care about any of this this world or any of this stuff and all oh, this these organs just grow inside me I don't have anything to do with it like I'm not I you know he's people ask him what he's working on next and he's like I don't I'm not I don't know because it just happens inside him and so he kind of plays it off as like oh I'm just this put upon man like I you know I'm just an unassuming figure I'm not interested in art but actually he's really critical of the other people's art you know he goes to this show where we see the this man, man with heaps of ears yeah. yeah everyone's talking about the ear man being like oh is the ear man cool the ear man is three seconds and don't the think whole about point the ear, of man. The ear man is to be like this guy fucking sucks what a hack <laughs> which I thought was so interesting to like and and also yeah it's in all the promos so you think like oh this is the sexy cool vision that David Cronenberg has but it's kind of the opposite he's kind of showing like this is potentially the this artifice. This is what's going to get, gets, what's gonna get these dickheads into yes, the cinema. this is the gimmick. <laughs> and and Viggo Mortensen clearly does have an interest and a deep passion um, for art because he's in attendance at this thing and kind of criticising this guy's art. Um, but then he's, like, kind of playing it off as, like, you know, that he's not truly invested. I think there are so many there's so many interesting relationships between people and art in this movie. Everyone has this really complicated relationship. His partner, Leah Sadu, has such an interesting storyline where she kind of feels like, and I think it's identified by other characters in the movie too, that she's the true artist. Uh, and then she kind of wants to put herself more into a role of of being more commanding in their work and then also maybe having the surgery performed on her as well. Um, fuck, it is so – there's so much to talk about. It's so interesting and it just, like, <laughs> captivated me. What's so interesting to me is that you have so much to say about this movie because kind of coming away from it, my thoughts were 
um, first of all, his set design or, or production design, I guess, or the way he designs these weird half-body, mm. half-machine things has not changed since yeah, 1983. It's classic. Um, but also I felt like the the world building was kind of lacking in this movie. Like I understood we were in this world of underground artists and stuff, but I had no concept of what the world was outside of that. And I just wanted more. I wanted to know what is this hypothetical future? What do other people look like? What did Mm. how do they live? Stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, I felt like it was kind of self-serving. It was, it knew kind of the thematic rhetorical things it wanted to say, but it couldn't quite put that in a proper narrative context. I totally, no, I agree. Like there's not really traditional world building. No. You don't get to see much, like you don't get to see, you get to see all these shadowy little areas and people. No idea how they're connected. Yeah. You don't see anything else. You don't see anyone getting from place to place. You don't see any of the normal stuff. And it kind of makes you feel like that's that doesn't happen anymore. Like it kind of leaves you with this feeling, this kind of I was claustrophobic. Empty. Yes. And I think I really appreciated that. Like I felt like that put me in the right headspace to really receive the movie and to not even know, is there another? Because you kind of get the idea that these are like the subversive elements of society. Yeah. But then you don't know what they're subverting because you don't really get an idea of what else there is. And it makes everything feel kind of um, hopeless in this way. But also kind of like we're just focusing on what's really titillating. And like maybe there isn't something that people are rebelling against. Like maybe They're just looking for pleasure in a pleasure swap. Yeah, maybe it's all pleasure. Like I just I I actually really appreciated that, that we didn't dick around with like, okay, we're gonna set the whole this is the rules of society and you know, get too much into that whole sci-fi thing. We really were just like, we're going to stay down here where it's dark. Viggo Mortensen's going to like be for some reason all wrapped up all the time, like slinking around. Always squatting. <laughs> always squatting. Um, and we're just going to show like people who are doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. And we're going to live in that world. And I was so happy to just be there and to have this like, it kind of makes you feel a little bit disoriented and a little bit like, it, it kind of makes it feel more dystopian in a way, but. But I feel like that's not entirely accurate because at the same time there was like a a hopefulness that I feel like was something I I connected with this with in this movie that I didn't maybe see in earlier Cronenberg films okay. that were of the same kind of nature where it feels like some of those were more cynical or maybe more showy about the like link between like um like transgressive sex and violence. They were kind of, it felt like, you know, in Crash or whatever, it's kind of like, oh, look at this freaky stuff or in yeah. Videodrome. He was a bit more punk back then, but this is like middle-aged Cronenberg. He's got a I family. No, I felt like this was more punk because oh, that, really? felt, that felt kind of like almost by highlighting, in, highlighting it in that way, you're kind of pointing a finger at it or mm-hmm. you're kind of using it in a way that makes it seem like, yeah, it's true that this is a transgressive act or that this is kind of freakish. Whereas in this film, it felt to me more elegant and more sophisticated because it felt almost kind of like more empathic. Like it didn't feel like we were meant to feel so disgusted at what was taking place. And it it felt more like, I don't know, it just, I feel like because you're immersed in their world and you don't get the outside, it doesn't feel so much like these people are perverts. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't get that outside 
yes, a it cohort saying. feel like it's condemning them in the same. And I don't think that that was ever his intention, but I think there's a slight tendency in some of his work to feel like it's kind of condemning or pathologizing um, different kinds of like sexuality. Whereas in this movie, I didn't feel that way at all. And, you know, we get that line, uh, I think a few times that like, surgery is the new sex or sex is the new surgery like it's just kind of like it feels like it's endorsing this way of being more than like I don't know maybe it sort of speaks more to the diversity of human expression by Mm. imagining this world where we kind of disconnected from all the things we take for granted about what it means to be a human Mm -hmm. he's kind of saying well there's ways. There's other ways to do it. Yes. Yeah. It felt kind of kinder, and and in that way, I felt like it was more mature work from him because he's still very much interested in that world. But in in this movie, I just didn't feel like it was um, it was represented in that same way. It felt like it was kind of more synthesized into the the general plot and the general themes in this way that I could connect with and could understand. Like I could understand the um the compulsion of these people to slice each other open to slice their own faces open like it was kind of explained to me in a way through the movie like there's a scene where Kristen Stewart's character um actually they're all at this like underground place where this model is like um having her face like disfigured and she's really addicted to that and they have this conversation about how you know it's hard, sometimes it's hard to find a plastic surgeon who doesn't who I d- understands that she doesn't want to be more beautiful right um there are moments like that where they it really tries to kind of get this idea across to you in a way that you can identify with and then you can kind of feel empathy for and you find yourself in a situation that going into the cinema you never would have thought you could kind of empathize with you know that's so interesting um I did not make this connection until I just was just listening to you then. Recently, I saw some videos about extreme body modders, mm. um, and I found it so fascinating. And it's like, if I found that so fascinating, how come I couldn't sort of reconcile with the fact that I was interested in that, but this movie mm. kind of didn't grab me? It's the same thing. What did you think? Because I feel like some, something else that's been really divisive about this movie is Kristen Stewart's performance weird. and her character. Really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I've spoken to some friends who really loved it. Mm. Like some people are like, she was perfect, perfectly cast. What she was doing was great. She's really doing something. Like she's making a very conscious choice. Yeah. And for me as well, I found it hard. Like she was the one element of the movie that I felt like, oh, this is kind of taking me out a little bit and I, I don't know. I didn't really get what she was doing. Didn't really get it either. I feel like I I would be open to watching it again to try to understand it. And I felt like it was hard for her. She's, I mean, she's sometimes really good, but her against Viggo Mortensen. He's so stoic oh. and she's so outsized. And he was really like immersed in this role and like in his body like the way that he moved and the way that he held himself that for her to be doing this very kind of stylized over the top she reminded me of like Catherine Hepburn or something like that that's how weird it was yeah and I'm sure it was like she was asked to do that yeah but I couldn't really figure out why and it made it seem like having them play off each other was so stilted Mm. maybe that's the intention I don't know um but yeah I found that difficult (laughs) (laughs) i found the whole fucking movie difficult but at the same time i'm kind of surprised that you and i kind of had similar experiences with this movie Mm. but kind of just received it differently yeah i think it's i think that whole idea of like the way that 
art can simultaneously um, threaten but then prop up a society and that they have to feed off of each other. Um, You know, I think I just find that theme really compelling in general and I felt like it was so well kind of pulled apart in this movie. Um, in so many different ways. Like we have this whole element of like there's like a criminal kind of- Yeah, I was about to ask about that subplot because it kind of, I don't know, it felt a bit tacked on to me. Do you mean, which, who do you mean exactly? Because they're all kind of committing crimes. Oh, yeah, totally. I meant the subplot where, so you got this police guy mm. from, what, what I loved is he him. from? I don't, he was, was from, oh, it had some like, funny name, like yeah. a sexy name because they had a different name before, but they made it like. It was up. like the body crimes, you know, so, I don't know, anyway, <laughs> um, surgery crimes. That actor was so great. I loved him. I found him really boring. Wow. <laughs> but, so the subplot is that there's this criminal. Oh, my doorbell's ringing. That's actually kind of spooky. Who could that be? Are you going to answer it? I don't know. Should I answer? I'm not expecting anyone. We're safe up here. Do you want to look out the... No, I don't want them to see me. Anyway, um... (laughs) There's this this underground ring of criminals who what are they doing? They've they've like there's humans that eat plastic. Oh right, of course. And yes. can digest plastic and they're creating food for those people. Yeah, like synth food. Yeah, it's kinda it looks like Sonic Green, but it's purple. It is so interesting that concept of like embracing because you know you've got this tension of like this new world that's very kind of yeah that's like man-made and synthetic and there's a lot of waste and there are all these problems and it feels dystopian in this way and then like the old way of doing things which also feels wrong and messy and like it's not it's for some people it's just not working like we've got these people who are spontaneously growing different organs and stuff um and then they don't they don't fit but there's this pressure to kind of conform to that natural way of things, which is why Viggo Mortensen's character like sleeps in this weird bed that rolls him around. And do you want one? Um, no, nah, oh. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and he sits in a chair to eat. Um, that like uh moves his body in a way so that he can hopefully digest the food because he has this it's like, like counterbalancing his spasms or something. Is that? I think it was just moving him in a way so that like he could digest it. So it'd be like, okay, now we're going to move your throat this way and that way. And because he couldn't eat, like he just couldn't enjoy eating. And he has this horrible time, like trying to just do this very normal, natural thing, um, which I found like super compelling. Uh, and then he, yeah, he runs into this group of people who have embraced this idea that, no, the way of the future is we have to start eating these synthetic things and stop resisting the way that the earth is heading. And so that they've kind of replaced their organs with some kind of system or whatever so that they can digest the plastic. Um, and, I mean, can we do we get into spoilies now? Because... Yeah, we can get into spoilies. Okay, fuck I assume off. you're talking about like the very end of the, <laughs> the movie. The very end of the movie. Um, you know, we say, we spend this whole time with this whole movie with Viggo Mortensen's character. Uh is it Saul? Saul Tensor? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, Saul, he like he's such a tortured character and he's 
always uncomfortable. Like he always is in some state of discomfort. He's getting yeah. split it's open. Like, oh, just kill yourself. Like, he's growing shit and then he's getting tattooed and he's kind of hiding and he tries to eat and it hurts him and he feels like he's going to choke. There's no reason for him to be alive. Like there was, it was just like he's, he's at odds with the world that he's in. Yeah. But he's trying so hard. He's like resisting how he just naturally is. And then in the very end when he, you know, He's in the sitting in that fucking breakfaster chair again, trying to eat. It's moving him around. He's uncomfortable. He's like he's got he's really not experiencing any form of pleasure. Finally, he decides to try eating this synth food, and you can tell that it's like a difficult decision for him to make to to finally make that choice and to lean into it. And it's a risk, and it's I think more greater than the risk of it killing him is the risk that. He's gonna be like good with it. That yeah. that's what that's who he is. Skinny might like it. <laughs> and that moment when he just eats this synthetic food, yeah, and he finally can experience like this moment of like calm and peace and bliss and and pleasure. And there's like tears in his eyes. I like that moment from I. Like teared up. Even now, talking about it, I'm yeah, like tearing up. I can see that because it was just, it just expressed something so human, so relatable about this like, r- like resistance of self that you finally, finally, finally embrace this ugliness about you or something that you've tried to deny for so long, and you can finally have this moment where you can experience like unfiltered pleasure or unfiltered joy just for a moment i found that really really impactful well i think this says a lot about you as a as a film uh watcher that you're sort of like you you don't need a movie to be so didactic that for for that to have an impact on you whereas i'm sitting here like that post-human thing's interesting but surely you could have you could have gone a bit further with that. You could have given me a little bit more. Whereas you're you're taking the little crumbs that David Cronenberg has laid out for you. And you're like, lovely. I love it. Thank you. I thought that that just that image and it goes. To oh, definitely. Like and the way it looked and it was kind of like it reminded me of like a Andre Tarkovsky's mm. like um, was that his name that Russian man? Who yeah. Made the movies about the guy who made the bell. It's. It's so striking an image, but yeah. at the same time, I didn't feel like I needed more because I don't see what is more than like a pure human expression of joy like that. Like it was in the performance that it really, like, he's incredible. Yeah. And that moment was so, it was like, it was just like this bliss that. I guess to me, it didn't quite feel much. earned by the rest really? of the Really? But we yeah. see him the whole time struggling. He can't eat a fucking piece of goop like he's trying to eat <laughs> this goop dis- looked horrible it no wonder so he could eat it and he's like just to have your very basic human like you know when you have an ulcer and like everything you eat hurts imagine if that's your whole fucking life every time you try to eat something it's like you can't you're like choking and you're regurgitating it and you have to sit in this expensive chair and it moves you around and you're massaging your throat to get it down i've never had an ulcer you've never had a mouth ulcer not that bad Oh, I get them all the time. Some people are prone to them. It's the saliva, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm. Hopefully, you don't mind me mentioning on on the podcast, but you are someone who has experienced living with a chronic illness. 
So maybe that's why this movie. I yeah, you know what? I honestly identified with it as somebody who's lived most of my life with PTSD mm-hmm. and has had that impact, like very basic, normal, like human bodily function, and that idea of like having all of that suddenly off your shoulders. Like I feel like there is a big disability narrative that yeah, can be read into this film and to have these like communities who are kind of embracing how they are, even though that's not what we're told we should be. Yeah. Uh, and then to have this man find kind of find that community and then find find it within himself to be okay with just how his body works um, and then through that find this peace and this calm. I think, yeah, I think I really identified with that a lot as somebody who does struggle with stuff like that and has in the past. It's stuff that's so easy for everyone else. So easy. And you're like, I. this is like the idea that something that you do on a regular basis that's meant to be so innate and natural, to find that so difficult and so uncomfortable over and over and over again is like, it just, it makes you crazy. Um, and it was beautiful for him to find the relief just in himself just in like taking that leap like he was so desperate mm-hmm. um and to have that be rewarded and to get have us see that moment of ecstasy before we get to leave the cinema like i just was so grateful to end on that note i was so happy that i was like this is this is a hopeful david cronenberg like i feel like yeah. there's always been an element of hope in his movies but this time it felt Really pure, like it felt like somebody looking back on life um, with from a different perspective. Oh my god, do you think he's going to die soon? No, uh, oh, that's good. I hope not. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you feel? I just want one more negative thing in there. Please. This movie felt to me like it was based on a play. Don't you reckon the 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 scenes were so kind of anemic and like. I don't know. It just felt really stage bound to me. It was quite really? often just a, just two people chatting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I loved that because I again I think it was rooted in the performances. Like to have two people chatting, but also kind of taking up space and encroaching on each other's space, and then touching each other, and then making each other uncomfortable. Like I really was reveling in those little moments and those little details. Obviously, because it's David Cronenberg, we're like centering things in the body, and even the experience of watching it, I felt like I was like, I was so focused on the body and on everyone's bodies, and I've noticed that a lot. Like we're getting, we're getting like um, these like two hander kind of scenes, but yeah. they're not uptight like close-ups of people's faces where they're they normally not even that narratively driven no it's a lot of just like we're hanging back and we're seeing you know case you kind of push Viggo Mortensen across the room just with her her energy her kind of um her desire kind of pushing him away like I loved that we got to see those moments rather than focusing on like what we normally would like facial expressions or whatever we were kind of so focused on the body that I was I was loving watching the way that people were taking up space and affecting each other's space in the scenes. So maybe going into this movie, you should not necessarily expect a traditional narrative because what you're feel that way describing now reminds me of like kind of like a, a little slice of life, but it's a slice of life from a world that we don't know that much about. It's this mm. bizarre world with, and we've got to kind of reconcile with the fact that people are just kind of there. Yes, but also I felt like it was familiar to me. Like I didn't feel – I felt like 
the bureaucracy and, and all that uh, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the stuff. Like, it felt like, you know, names have been changed, but, like, it was – it felt recognisable to me. Okay. As – like as society like it didn't feel recognizable to me really i found it very alienating that's so interesting i guess that probably is the thing that determines whether you're gonna enjoy yeah it or not. Um, and it probably also does have a lot about what kind of mindset and mood you have going into this movie yes i think it is mood dependent it's not as gross as like a lot of his movies like it's, no, i don't definitely. think it was as hard of a watch there was one scene where they do perform an autopsy on a small boy that i would give a warning about he's completely naked and it's a pretty intense like for me that was like hard very hard to watch i would just say like if you haven't seen it just be aware of that scene but apart from that i felt like it was a lot it was a lot easier on the eyes (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was no like well, first of all, James Woods is gross and there's no James Woods merging with the TV and having a weird little gun hand, so that's pretty no, cool. No, but still all of that stuff was technology yeah. is really, like, really resembles flesh and the human body and... You know what it was way less gross then is what? fucking existence. Oh, everything's less <laughs> gross than that. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee's crimped hair. <laughs> Ugh. What were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought it was so fucking great, actually. We'd love to hear what you think. Yes. I want to hear what the spookies think. Yeah. Maybe we should do a vote about who's correct. True. Team Crystal or Team Scott? My God. This is like Jacob and Edward all over again. Is that Twilight? Yeah. And then there was um, Peter and who's the other man's name from Hunger Games? Fuck, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Hemsworth. I mean, Liam Hemsworth. Oh, I didn't know about these things. Okay. Oh. Well, now we're the next ones. Yeah. So everyone should let us know. I Honestly, I just want to sit here and talk about this movie forever because I loved it so much. I still can't believe that you didn't love it. Yeah. And wow. it's well, leaving this movie, you were so surprised that I was like, that was crap. I kind of had a feel like I, when I was sitting next to you, firstly because we always have disagreements, but I kind of felt like you're not that into it, I don't think. Yeah, you were correct. I could just feel the energy, you know. <laughs> Slightly miffed energy. <laughs> but I, I, I think I'm going to watch it again soon because there's just so much in there. Like it feels rich. And well, I after talking yeah. to you, I want to watch it again. Oh, cute. Okay. I probably won't, but I want to. <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff out there. Yeah. But mostly what I want to say is I want to send a message out to David Cronenberg. <sighs> Call me? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, what do you reckon he's, you know what would be tough? Going on a date as David Cronenberg, because everyone would expect that you're going to do the freakiest shit in bed. What if he's not into it? I reckon he's he's probably so normal. I don't know how he could be, but then the expectation would be so high. And then if he doesn't like, you know, slice your, slice your body open or something, then you'd just be like, "Mm, that was fucking lame. Maybe he just has like a weird penis with like. It's got knobs and you stuff and a little behind, face. That's what's driving his whole, like, body of work his is that he's penis. got a weird penis. Yeah. I could say that. Yeah, me too. Do you reckon he's still friends with Debbie Harry? <laughs> She's so know. beautiful. Um, Yeah, love him. <laughs> love him. If any of the Cronenbergs want to call me. Oh. You know. I'd, Even I'd Melinda Cronenberg? <laughs> is that real? I just made her up. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm into it. I'm about it. Maybe I want to get into fucking more stuff now. I'm like, I'm interested. I want to know what's going on in the underground scene. 
Oh. I want to go to some shows, some performance art. I Do you know. reckon you could ever, ever be one of those extreme body modders? Because you don't have any body mods. Your ears aren't even pierced. They Well, they are, but they're closed back. Oh. My body kind of fixes itself too quickly. It doesn't like to be modded. Yeah, so I reckon if I got something, it would just like close back up like straight away. Even like that guy who cut his whole nose off and then <gasps> tattooed all his skin black so he could look Why like an he- alien. Oh, my God. You don't know this guy. They're all from Brazil for some reason. God. And they, they'll, like, cut their nose off. They'll get their tongue separated. Mm. Yeah. This, no. You were fine with this kind of stuff in this fucking movie. That's and then as soon as it's real life, you're like, oh, no. Well, I feel like the people, they make it sexy in the movie. Like, I feel like if I saw an article about that guy, it wouldn't be the same I'm sure feeling. he feels sexy. Well, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think I, I want to get into body modding. Okay. Um, or other people's body mods, you know. I would do it. I'd perform it, yeah. I'd try oh, I'd have a go. But, like, just hang out with someone who's got some sort of extreme body oh, mod? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, do not judge people. And I would, if any of the listeners want to do a tattoo on me, I would oh, accept. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've, I don't have any tattoos. So, if you want to be my first and probably last tattoo, um, just... Comment on our Instagram. Yeah. Or write a review. Write a fucking um, Apple podcast review and mention in that review that you want to give me a tattoo. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, that's all I have to say about the movie. Um. Yeah, me too. This is all right. We don't have a two spooks again. Sorry. Yeah, we, we really dropped We'll get back on. to it eventually. Oh, we're fucking busy. Yeah, we are. Um, but we love you guys. Oh, and we might have a hiatus coming up because uh, there's going to be some traveling around the world. Oh, oh, yeah. So don't be surprised if that does I'm happen. I'm flying away. I'm flying away to different places. Are we allowed to say where or that's like doxing? Yeah, you reckon they'll track me down? Well, Germany's a big place. Yeah, I'm going to Germany. <laughs> um, so if you're in Germany. Oh my God. Let me know. Yeah. Why not? Krista will send you her coordinates. Doesn't matter who you are. Don't give me a tattoo in the streets of Berlin. <laughs> that would fucking <laughs> happen in Berlin. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys. Um, I guess we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Love you. Love you, bye. Bye.